Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're about to listen to Bananas for Bonanza, episode 23. This is Andy Daly. Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all of the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Daly. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay, thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> Bonanza, it's the finest show alive So consult your TV guide, get your great outdoors inside Take some Ponderosa pride and forever make it right I'm Bananas for Bonanza that's the tiniest little gun you've ever shot. That's like one of them little derringers a lady holds in her garment. I see it. Beautiful. Pearl handle and whatnot. Yeah, except it goes on your finger. It's so tiny. It's a little garter around your finger with a tiny little derringer. Man, oh man. And once you shoot it, it's not worth anything to collectors. Oh, you can't. It's got to be cherry in mint. I can barely see the bullet hole in the ceiling. It just seems to blend in with the general design of the ceiling there. Wild. That's a good one. Well, I should explain, you know, we, we uh, for a while now, we, we were doing our episodes in Andy Richter's house. Right. Uh, but there was an incident wherein the house, for the most part, became uh, more of a pile of ash. <laughs> and uh, for fire, it was fire. We yeah. could say that it was eternal, fire. Yeah. Eternal flame. Eternal flame, yeah. <laughs> and so it just became untenable to stay there. And so we, we had to tell Andy, listen, buddy, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he was upset. We, I mean, if I remember correctly, it was a bit of a, we had to kind of confront him and say, you can't expect us to stay here with a burned down house. Right, yeah. right. And he was hopping mad about, yeah. uh, about it, I guess. Really. Ungrateful. But we have moved on and now we're we're sort of, you know, we, we took some time away. We're back now. We've been drifting around and we've been kind of just looking at nice houses and knocking on the door and saying, may we record our podcast. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anybody home? <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm thinking they won't be home and we'll find a way in and we'll record. Today we happen to be in a house where there is, it seems to be a housekeeper and a sleeping baby. That's right. Yeah. And uh, don't wake a sleeping baby is the old uh, slogan, I believe, which is FDR's like, don't wake a sleeping giant. Oh, yeah. Let sleeping giants lie. Let sleeping babies lie. Lie. Yeah. But it's an old, toothless man who's the housekeeper. So I, he said it was fine. The baby will probably go to sleep, but yeah. it was fine. He's one of them old men that has a full bald head on top, but then long white hair on the sides. Yeah. And he's wearing like an apron. That's why I, th- I think he's like a housekeeper. He's got a, a like a... Like a uniform apron kind of thing. Hustle your shanks in here for wild (laughs) beans and side meat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He looks like if Nell from Gimme a Break met Riff Raff from um, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) That's exactly what he looks like. Oh, I'm going to tell him that when we leave. I didn't catch his name. Did you catch his name? I think it was Jellaby. Jellaby. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember him saying that. It was just Jellaby and a baby, and he's looking after the baby for the afternoon while. So we need to be. Just a just a hair quieter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a sleeping baby in here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's a nice place to be recording. It's a lovely yeah, home. Not bad, huh? Uh huh. Warm. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, folks, uh, with that out of the way, what are we talking about today? Desert Justice. <laughs> episode uh, season one, episode twenty three. Uh, I am. What? Hang on. Hello, friend. Come on in. The gate is open wide. <laughs> and oh, this is Welcome to Bananas for Bonanzas, the name of the show. And I'm Dalton Wilcox, cowboy poet, poet laureate of the West. And and uh, we talk about bonanza on this show. And we got my usual co-host here. We got Mutt Taylor. Hey, Mutt. Oh, hell, it's good to be back, even yeah. if it is for desert justice, the driest of all justices. Yeah, man. That's just uh, the there's no humidity in that justice whatsoever. And Amy Sleverson, Christian entrepreneur, is here. Hello, Hello I have so many more businesses ideas after this episode i gotta tell you oh wow oh boy and i have also been inspired by joel osteen prosperity preacher my husband and i are gonna start a mega church oh yeah wow now i just heard a story about him there where he a plumber found hundreds of thousands of dollars in his wall did you read about that (laughs) That makes sense because I, I, if I remember correctly, one of his books is called Joel Austin's Ass Full of Champagne and Not a Cork in Sight. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't hear that story. It was no, just, just for real. It was a plumber. There was a problem with the toilet, and he had to smash through the uh, tile and found like six hundred thousand dollars in there. It's a fourteen thousand square house for his house because that's what God wants for all of us outside of oh, Dallas. Yeah. I didn't know Joel Osteen. Does he call himself a prosperity preacher? That, well, that is what he he yeah. doesn't believe in talking about sin or about hell. He just mm-hmm. says keep it positive. High and tight, ladies. Smiles. (laughs) Is he just straight up insulating his house with money instead of that, like, Pink Panther fuzz? Well, that's what they recommend. I mean, but it's prohibitively expensive, but nothing insulates a house like cash. I see. That's, uh, I mean, I've heard that before. So I'm not surprised he's got the money to do it. Go ahead and do it. So, Amy, are are you doing the prosperity gospel then? How's it going? What we're we're trying to make a bid on a stadium and um there there aren't many for sale um so we're just thinking maybe we could 
build our own on a, on a landfill. Oh, okay. So you've got to buy a landfill. There's a nice landfill in Kentucky. Oh, sure. That the stink isn't too bad. <laughs> and so we just think, you know, I mean, I, 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 I want to believe. You've got to believe. Yeah. yeah. You've got to believe. And my husband has deputized me to make the decision. So as soon as... As soon as I want to pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Are you still uh, uh, working with uh, Mother Barbara? We heard about her last time. Oh, Mother Barbara. Well, well, we have my husband and I were basically the congregation. We made a real decision, yeah. you know, that said, you know, Mother Barbara was kind of taking, uh, she was taking too, too much po- power and she had a lot of health issues oh. that seemed to be based in Lyme disease, uh-huh. but she just couldn't seem to get over it, which I understand is a part of those kind of things, things that you pick up in the forest, but come on. Oh, she had Lyme disease and it was, it was becoming cumbersome on your enterprise. Well, it, we were, you know, five, five years in. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, That's uh, enough Lyme disease. Yeah, she get them ticks. Well, I mean, it, it was initially just antibiotics, but then she started getting into all this crazy, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Oh, and, man. and, you know, and she wasn't, she wasn't interested at all in, in my, uh, my products as, as help. Um, I have a, well, I have a, a, uh, a, a vaping company now. Oh. Um, it's. It's healthy vaping. It's without the nicotine. It just makes everything smell. So, um, <laughs> smell like what? What kind of odors have you got? Well, tobacco, cilantro is one of our most <laughs> oh, popular. Nice. That sounds good. Really I good. love cilantro. Or yeah, strawberry jello. <laughs> oh, sure. My husband loves sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me I could put something up to my mouth and I could breathe in, but I'm not breathing in nicotine. No, I'm just breathing in whatever. Yeah, and um, when I exhale it. Um, the whole room gonna smell like sausage. A mist of kale. Okay, is, these aren't just. How are these different? Forgive me. How are these different from air fresheners? It's it's a no way an air freshener. What it is is an applied mood, scent mood to your home and your lifestyle. So yes, it may be coming out. You're sucking it in and out of your mouth. Uh-huh. The banana bread spices, oh. but you it. it, it it isn't something you just plug in and you can only smell around an outlet in your bathroom. Okay, I, I do apologize. So it's different yeah. from an air freshener in that you B Y O B Y O A F B Y O A as fuck. Air freshener. Oh, bring your own air freshener as fuck. Okay, all right. I'm just I'm just say. catching up. I'm catching yeah, it's up. all right. Yeah, well, I think that's a fantastic idea because you know what? You got an air freshener. You put it in one room of your house. You can only smell it in that one room of your house. But if you like the smell, you want it with you all the time. So you should be blowing it wherever you go. Uh, one, one, my favorite is just called lotion. Okay. So that I just smell like lotion without having to well, put it on. Oh, right? Right? Yeah, cut out the middleman, kind of. Yeah. Get a different middleman. <laughs> I was going to say, you do smell like lotion today. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been vaping or rubbing. <laughs> right. <or> both. <laughs> but I've been told I'm not supposed to comment on how people smell anymore. I've heard too many feelings. <laughs> so, so I didn't say it. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tell me about it. The last time I said, oh, you smell like strawberry jello. It was a compliment. And they took it all wrong. Oh. They said, oh, do you have a problem with jello? And I said, no. <laughs> and then we both just laughed. Oh, well, I'm glad it ended happily. Well, yeah, that sounds fraught. All right, so now it's just you and your husband just get, getting this stadium together, and this is going to be the mega church. I was going to suggest, do you, you know about uh, hog waste lagoons? What? Oh, I do know about uh, the uh, hog confinement systems where, oh, yeah. uh, you know, ways to keep hogs in one place but not affect the meat with uh, their their mental state. You have to give them just enough room so they don't go mad and affect the quality of the chop. You right, can taste right. it when a pig's been too cooped up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. taste it. Yeah. I'll send it right back to the kitchen. I, I sometimes take a a bite of pork and go, hmm, cabin fever. I don't think so. <laughs> Not today, my friend. No. Back I, to the kitchen. I would have ordered veal if I wanted torture. Hell yeah. And I do. Uh-huh. Well, uh, what they do is they uh, gather up a uh, hog waste and they put it in a giant lagoon sometimes. And it's a hog waste lagoon is what they call it. It's just a, it's all, it's just a beautiful lake of hog waste. And it, at a certain point, it's full and then they'll sort of pave over it and you can build whatever you want on there. How many seats is that? <laughs> I think you, I think it could, would be more of an arena than a stadium, but that's not bad. We're hoping fifty four thousand. Well, that's a lot. Have you that's considered an old Indian burial ground? From, mm. from movies I watch, that turns out okay. Usually. Yeah, yeah, they don't mind. They don't mind. They're up in the happy hunting ground, as we learned in episode one of Bonanza, oh, yeah, I believe, way back right. when, that's or two. Right. And, and in uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, oh, brother, Bone Tomahawk. I'll look into these hog, these uh, hog, what, mud flows? They're uh, uh, hog waste lagoon. L- lagoon. Yeah, everybody loves a lagoon. What are you going to call your church? Because now mega churches are all like the rock, the the, the life. Yeah, the, the, the mount of the... Yeah, See, like cool we're gonna branding. call it guilty until proven innocent, like a perfume. <laughs> a perfume, man, that is fantastic marketing. Where yeah. do you have a church home? Yes, I go to guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> damn, Hell yeah, this is gonna be huge. Yeah. I can't believe we're hearing about it. Like, this is like this is like you're sitting across from Johnny Cash, him saying, I'm thinking of becoming a musician. Yeah, this and, is wild. and you can just abbreviate it and call the church guppy. Oh, oh, are you a guppy? Yeah, that's yeah. great. It's yeah. guilty slang. until proven. Oh man, that does spell guppy or goopy. Goopy, God damn, goopy might be better. This is fantastic. Well, I almost hate to change the subject onto no, the episode no, we're talking on. about today, but you know I don't really because we got a hell of an episode to talk about today. By the way, we do not have a guest today. We just we just said forget it. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyways, uh, everybody I reached out to said no, you may not do it in my home. <laughs> so that was a deal breaker for me. I guess Andy Richter's been calling people. I don't know what. I don't know what. But here today we're talking about season one, episode twenty three, Desert Justice, and this episode has brawling and. And deception and glued on facial injuries <laughs> and it's got a character whose last name changes from scene to scene that's a real thing on this show oh it sure is we got revolving accents yeah oh that's right yes and we have a wonderful uh jarring transitions from outdoor location shooting to the sound stage again i love it when they do that yeah. and it, this episode man this was a good one it was written what you ready for some fun facts yo yo oh, oh, yeah. I love fun facts don't you mean living for some fun facts <laughs> yeah 
these are these facts i think you'll agree are fun it was written by donald sanford this is his third of three episodes of bonanza he wrote this was so we've already we've seen his whole body of work on rule bonanza. of three rule of three oh, yeah. three and out he's oh this is a sanford trilogy this would get yeah, part of the Sanford trilogy and uh, the, the conclusion of the Sanford trilogy. He wrote a movie called Midway. Listen to the oh, cast. wow. Charlton Heston, yeah. Henry Fonda, James Coburn, Hal Holbrook, Toshiro Mifune, Robert Mitchum, Cliff Robertson, Robert Wagner, and Pat Morita. Oh, yeah. Oh, Unbelievable. It reads yeah. like Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of characters. Yeah. And well, so pa- Pat Morita begot Charlton Heston, who begot David Mitchum. <laughs> Begat. What is the tense? Anyway, go on. There's a lot of begetting going on there. And this fella, later he wrote a lot, and then he became chief executive officer of Stansbury Incorporated, a mining company specializing in vermiculite. Isn't that interesting? Do you think he used the Dietzheimer method? Did, he didn't sure write he that did. episode, did he? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe that's what happened. He's researching mining timbering, and he says he just stuck in his head that whole time. Now I know what to do. It is weird to think that we as Mutt, Amy, and Dalton, not as anybody else's, no, are going to be actual experts about the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Absolutely. true. Well, and I, as you read the facts, I realize mm-hmm. this is an additional to, to the canon of Christian literature that we can now interpret these facts in whatever way we want, oh, you yeah. know, for homilies and sermons and in all sorts of uh, activities, right. new holidays, oh. for, you know, that are bonanza based. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. A bonanza-based calendar of holidays. It's a, you know, it's the feast of Saint Hoss or whatever. Yeah, it's Dietzheimer Eve. What yeah. are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing? I, I, it's a great idea. Well, so that's David Sanford. Now he's uh, got into mining, and then oh, and then we got Claude Aikens. Oh, oh yeah. boy! And oh boy! Claude Aikens, big guest star in this episode. First time I saw him, I saw I said, "Oh, that's Sheriff Lobo." Sure, sure. right. But then yeah. I said to myself. How do I know Sheriff Lobo? Well, he was the, the sort of a antagonist on BJ and the Bear. Remember oh, BJ? And the yeah, Bear? until he got a spinoff. Is that right? He got a spinoff called the uh, the Misadventures. Uh, yeah, the Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. And BJ and the Bear, I guess it only had two seasons, but it was All a right. fella. He was a freelance trucker who had a chimpanzee. Yeah, and got into trouble from town to town. But in the second season, they retooled the show. It says here in the second season, BJ is unable. Oh, he starts his own trucking company. He says he's unable to hire experienced truckers and is forced to hire seven beautiful young female truckers, including twins Terry and Jerry, no nonsense Angie, and a busty blonde nicknamed Stax. That's what the show became in the season two. Well, you I mean can, filth? <laughs> Jesus. I used to watch that show and I must not have seen season two. Of Same my here. But I had a, a large stuffed. Uh, which one was BJ and which one was Bear? Because I think it's always the other I'm way. BJ McKay and this is my best friend, Bear. Okay, Bear. bear was yeah, Bear. I had Bear, a stuffed Bear. He must have been, I want to say three to four feet tall, but then I. I got to adjust for deflation. I was probably three feet tall, so it was probably a foot and a half tall. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's still a big chimpanzee for yeah. a small fella. Yep. Well, that, that was a great show, and Claude Akins was on there. That's like my relationship with God. Well, oh, yeah. So. Where I thought, well, I thought God was this massive force, and then mm-hmm. it turns out it's not that effective. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> What's not effective, God? Well, the Lord. Oh, my you God. You know, like in terms Amy. of, like, oh, are you, you know, can you ask for specific things? I thought you could. And then it's like, no. Oh, actually. And the thing is about oh, yeah. the Lord is you have to interpret whatever it is he's given you as uh, what you wanted. And how's that going to work for prosperity gospel? You can't ask for anything. You just have to take. Well, you say, I, th- this is, I'm getting exactly what I want. And then you look at what you have and turns out that's what you always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect system. It's perfect. <laughs> Don't they say sometimes a God answers your, God hears your, God answers your prayers, but the answer is always no. Isn't that something oh, they say yeah, sometimes? So. Lord, God, God doesn't yeah. give you anything more than you can't handle, and you sure can handle a lot! Jeez, uh, so far, <laughs> no upside to Christianity is what I'm hearing. Oh, come on! <laughs> Just kidding. What about I, I, the pancake I, suppers? <laughs> Pancake supper. You're right. You got me there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that, that took a turn. I'm surprised that, that, that to hear this besmirching of God. But hopefully, by, maybe by the end of this episode, we'll appreciate it more. <laughs> I don't know how. But uh, uh, Claude Aikens was also in uh, the Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And that was a Planet of the Apes movie in which John Houston was an ape. He put on ape makeup, and he was he played an ape in that movie. John Houston had a strange turn in his later career. I reckon so. Yeah, he was an ape. He, uh, Claude Aikens was also in uh, movies such as Monster in the Closet, The Shark Fighters, and The Human Jungle. So he had a great career. <laughs> well, is that just a hairy fellow, or what is that? The Human Jungle? Yeah. I don't know if I looked up the plot of that one. <laughs> you want to know? I'll look it up right now. What the hell? Was the goddamn? That's what I'm typing into. I'm what the hell is the goddamn human jungle? (laughs) What I'm typing into Google. (laughs) Wait a minute. This seems to say was it? Oh no. Here we go. It was a a film noir. Oh, that makes sense. France. Oh, France. Yeah. Let's see. Sodom. A murder of a striptease dancer becomes someone's top priority. It's detectives and murder. I don't know why it's called the human jungle. I thought it'd be like humans instead of trees. That's what I was picturing. I'm starting a Christian cam girl account. And what it is. Personally? Personally. It's a Christian cam girl. And, you know, I I thought maybe I shouldn't get into this sex work game. But Mm. I realize, you know, not only is it not a Allowing money and God to work in my life through Mm -hmm. my gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you know, I can do it in a way that's still enticing to people, but, you know, keeps my boundary of my marriage. So what I do is I just... With my clients, I pray online that we aren't going to lose. Dear, I pray for one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one as it, and hope to not uh, lose myself in sexual, which is the hottest and more sexy thing you can do is to pray while trying to not 
get excited. Uh, just a follow-up question. Are you clothed or nude during this? I'm completely clothed. Okay, wow. That is sexy. And they can be nude. They wow. can be nude. They can do whatever they want I because I, I have nothing to do with it because I'm just trying to keep things together and make sure that they don't uh, get too excited while also knowing that what I'm doing is getting them excited. Wow. Did you say cam girl, by the way? It's cam girl. I so never I heard turned, of that phrase oh, before. That's what? That's a... That's like a it's used to be phone own, sex, but now it's on the camera. It's your yeah. own Look personal sex yeah. worker wow. who checks yeah. in with you and you pay him, oh, I don't know, $40 to $250. But you don't every, have to meet face to face. You don't meet, meet you, know. you realize they live in Portland. And, you yeah. know, you wouldn't want to see him at the grocery store anyway. Oh, good point. And uh, so then I just, you know, do my normal prayers, you know, and then they, they become, but. The assumption is I'm trying to not, I don't want them to be doing anything because I'm praying so hard. But, and how but does that work out? Do they end up doing something? Of course they of do course. because there's nothing more sexy than prayer. And can you see and try what not doing? to do something? Uh, can you see what they're doing? Oh, yes. Oh, and I try to, I could say, stay with me. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> touch your genitals. Do not, do not cradle the balls or work the shaft. Do do not do that. I am a married woman. Christ is with us. Christ be with you. And that's when they just explode. Yeah, I imagine there's some fellas that are real into that. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it I does. Mean, what, what is your camera number? Uh, how do I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you just go to lotsdaughters.com, <laughs> which is your major source for all things Christian. Yeah. I'm going to have to break up with my current cam girl, Stax. Uh, she's a, uh, a lusty blonde. Yeah. A busty blonde. Yeah. yeah. Man, oh, man. Okay. Well, that sounds great. I love that. Because I like the idea of getting yelled at during sex. doesn't Me have too. to be about God, but yeah. just any getting yelled at. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, a, a Christian kink. Christian kink. Christiankinks.com. Get on it. Well, uh, this episode also has a woman from Ireland playing a woman from Germany. Her name, her, the actress's name is Fenton Myler. And how would you describe her accent in this episode? <laughs> oh, uh, made up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, crafted from whole cloth. Uh, I, uh, teach, I teach a little bit of acting. Mm, and that's wow. called the Euro. Oh, It's just a Euro. And you just, it's sort of with a little roll in the order. And then you always see something and maybe it can be anything that you want. And it could be French or it could be Italian. That's amazing. How are you not the richest person on earth? I don't understand I can't, it. Every idea you have is gold mine. It's like you left the room and 18 women from the greater European content just paraded through here. Yeah. I, I mean, that is incredible. It's why I never heard somebody be from so many different places in such a short period of time. I felt like I watched a beauty pageant on Fast Forward. Yeah, the Miss Universe. Yeah. Everybody around the world. You guys, I could make us all improv millionaires right what? now. Oh, really? Try. Oh, where is all this cash coming from? <laughs> Do you see it? Oh. See what I'm saying? And then oh. we have to say yes, and it is a lot of cash. Oh, and I'll put it inside the walls of my house. Yeah, bury it behind the toilet. Oh, yeah. I have the tile that matches this tile. <laughs> bury the money. 
Wow. This one, Fenton Myler, it was in a movie called Zorro where she played a character named Celestia Villagrana. I'd love to hear that. Oh, yeah. I wonder what type of country she's from. (laughs) She's actually from Ireland. Did I say that? Uh, Her father was played by a fellow named John Wingraff, who was a a Jewish fellow from Germany who escaped uh, the Nazis and then spent his entire acting career playing Nazis. That must have been interesting. You thought did you like this? A Nazi who tried to take you away? No, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Is his situation the most extreme circumstance of making lemonade out of lemons? I guess so. Yeah. I got chased out of my home country by Nazis, but I have this wonderful Nazi accent I can do. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, he seemed to make the most That's out of it. You do if you if you if you get paralyzed in a diving accident, you have watercolors you can paint with your feet. Oh, Joni. Yes! Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? I watched Joni. Oh it was God. a what 1970s film you could watch in the theater. It really? was a packed house. Oh. Joni, what happened? She was having a great day because she was 17 years old, and she just dove into a lake that had a very shallow bottom. Oh. We're talking like two feet. She, and she dove oh. head first. And yeah. she wore Damn. a halo and was in a terrible, uh, like, turning, looked like a rotisserie oh, chicken right. for half the movie until she learned that she could use a, a paintbrush in her mouth yeah. and people oh. started buying her paintings. So can you believe that? It's like, it's almost, it's good it happened. Yeah. Thank goodness she dove into that like Another lemonade out of lemons. Now listen, uh, you saw that in the theater? Because I remember that was on TV and it was appointment television where we were all talking like this Joni thing's going to be amazing. We we went up to Savon and got ice cream and then walked back and we're all ready and watched What Joni. was it about it that you'd heard beforehand that made you so sure you was going to love it? Did you not listen to oh, what okay. she said? Yeah, all right. It's a, <laughs> I guess I it's heard It's both it. a coming of age and a going of abilities. <laughs> And, Amazing. Yeah, and, you can't do that at the same that time. God, That's the, God believes in you, so stop, stop, stop your bitching. Yeah. <laughs> Is it based on a true story, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Annette, I remember hearing that after, you know, Saturday Night Fever, everybody rushed out to the discos. And after Joni, everybody was just diving into his shallow waters they could find. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a craze in the 70s. But not everyone can watercolor. That's right. Nope. Turns out. With their feet or their mouth. Yeah. <sighs> No. Yeah. Here's it. Now there's a fellow in this show named uh, Will Wright who played Micah Bailey. He's the tra- station manager over there. The, and he's in some wonderful things. I have a great clip to show you. But he he was in a movie called The 30-Foot Bride of Candy Rock and another one called Walk Softly, Stranger, <laughs> and another one called Mother Wore Tights, <laughs> and another one called Keeper of the Bees. <laughs> Not the beekeeper. Nope. Keeper of the bees. <laughs> Another one too. called Here Comes Elmer. But the one I really want to show you the clip of here, he was in a, a short film called USS VD, Ship of Shame. <gasps> that was in 1942. And somebody on YouTube was kind enough to cut together what must be all the best moments from oh, US, wow. USS VD, Ship of Shame. And this is this is a man on man. It's a do- Each one of these scenes is a doctor and a sailor. And this doctor is a take-no-guff-style fella. So here come all the best moments from USS VD, Ship of Shame. You're the guy who said gonorrhea was no worse than a cold. Well, I'll bet you never had a cold that felt just like that, did you? 
But gee, Doc, I'm only human. It's a biological urge. We didn't say it was criminal. We just said if you did to protect yourself. You were taught to pull in your rear when bullets were flying over you, weren't you? Sure, Doc, but... Then why the hell expose your front? I must have got it on a toilet seat, Doc. Now that's a hell of a place to take a girl. <laughs> and you, did you use a rubber? No, Doc. She said she was married. <laughs> there <Whoa>. you go. <laughs> Gosh, that's wonderful. Wow. That's good stuff. Can you imagine how entertaining that must have been when they showed that on the ship uh, to all the sailors oh, in the Navy yeah. in she 1942? Said she was married. Yeah. So, how come you didn't use a rubber? Well, she said she was married. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If she was married, her or her husband have never had sex before, so they must be clean. So I'm only breaking up a home, not getting VD. Exactly. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. My husband took me on a date to a toilet seat. Oh, no. Really? But that's because we were at Home Depot and it was fun. Oh, <laughs> you know, that remind me. I want, speaking of entrepreneurship, I could use a couple of pointers. I once mm. opened a, 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 an eating established called a restaurant. What? But I called it a rest of room, R E S T A U R O O M, and you just sat on the crapper while you ate, and you didn't have to go up to the to the restroom if you rest felt like you had to do. Room. You just do it all while you're eating. So everybody, when you come to the restaurant, you are shown to a toilet, two toilets on a two top table, four on a four top. Okay, and then the 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 server brings you your food and a roll of toilet and roll of toilet paper. I, I am spitballing this as we go, but that yeah. okay is this just check out? Would that make money? That's wonderful. Everything makes money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm attracting millions of dollars to my head every few seconds. You got to be positive. That's what Joel O says. He says you just you 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 know, God rewards. Those who use the present tense in every sentence. <laughs> I, I am right now and always. <laughs> oh, wow. beautiful. Well, I, listen, I'd, I'd like to eat at your restaurant. Give, this is a, a yes vote for the rest all room. Because okay. uh, it is cumbersome to have to say, excuse me. You know, you're sitting at a table, you're enjoying yeah. yourself, you're in the middle of a conversation, you have to say, excuse me, I'm going to get them to use the bathroom. Right. And then it tends to be like halfway across the room or whatever, and then you're supposed to wash your hands and all that. This sounds like you're not even washing your hands, right? Well, you don't need to because yeah. you're not touching anything. Exactly. You're already there, you let it go, and then when you're done, sure, do you, you clean up and yeah, then yeah. wash your hands one time. That's a good idea. Yeah. I could... I could just ask you if I could use that copyrighted idea for our mega church, seeing as it, if it will be on a on a hog sluice of uh, fecal matter, you know maybe we could just have that as an extra service during the service, which will run three to four hours. You know if you have to go, you go. Yeah, and I I would like to further give you this gift where you say now please open up the book of John and open up. You're John. Beautiful. Let's go. Yeah. And I'd say you're going to also want to have your portable air freshener vapes on you at all times. That is so And they situate. We're solving all these problems. This is really something. This is business synergy. I know. It's wild. We should probably edit all this out so nobody steals these ideas before we can implement them. Yeah. All right. So, so 
far. Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> bananas for Bonanza. And we're talking about this episode. We can't play anything we've said so far. There's too many good ideas in it. So many people are going to get VD now because they didn't hear that warning. Oh, you're right. Maybe we'll go back and dip okay. back into that. I'll, I'll put it in later. Okay. Last person I want to tell you about is Bud Osborne. He played the uh, stagecoach driver, Charlie. Now, I didn't even think about it watching. I said to myself, well, that's an old-timey actor there. But this fellow was really driving those horses. He was really driving that stagecoach. And it turns out that he was the guy for like 50 years. Anytime you wanted somebody to actually drive a stagecoach, you you hired Bud Osborne. He's got the longest resume I've ever seen in my life. And he that's just the guy. He's the Andy Circus of stagecoach driving. That's what it is. You, if you got a shot where there's a real stagecoach driving through the wilderness, you said, well, we got to call Bud. I mean, we see if we can get Bud. Was Did he work on the movie Stagecoach? He must have. He worked in the Wild Bill, Buffalo Bill Wild West show when he was a youngster. He was also in a movie. The all, all, I mean, his, his resume, I fell asleep three times reading his resume. And one of the times I woke up and the words I saw before me were the monster and the ape and i looked it up this is he was in this wonderful movie the monster is a robot created by a professor after displaying his invention the robot is stolen by professor ernst with the aid of his trained ape thor so wow. the monster's a robot and is stolen by a man with a trained ape oh wow I don't know how or why there was a stagecoach in that movie but there <laughs> must have had to been I suppose. I wonder who replaced the ape and the robot. Was a bear from BJ and the Bear. Yeah, would you rather be in the ape suit or the robot suit? Okay, here it is. It's day one of shooting on the monster and the ape. And you guys have both been hired, and they're giving you a choice. Do you want to be in the robot costume or the ape costume? The robot. Why? Because it's cooler because mm. it's high tech and so there's probably some air conditioning inside of it. it's been designed with thought and mm. also everyone's scared of people in the ape costumes <laughs> you see human eyes inside of an ape costume and it it makes you want to leave the party yep okay well i have to say i'm happy taking the ape costume uh-huh. i find it'd be pliable yeah. And I do like to jank off in public w- with impunity. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's easier to do in there in the roomy old ape. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think which one would, would you rather have everything but the head on? You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to spend a lot of your downtime like that. Oh, right. And oh. I think it's- Do I get smokes? Uh, Yeah, sure. You get smokes. And to clarify, <laughs> is this like a Lost in Space one-piece robot, or is it like the the, the Metropolis uh, sexy robot that's very articulate? I mean, what is she Not gonna- sexy. It's, it's like a, a metal barrel uh, <laughs> kind of on, on your torso. Your torso is a metal barrel. But I can spin- Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, as long as I can spin like a cement truck. Wait, and I can't spin? No spinning. I'm out. Hey, you I'm can't. Out. You can train an ape to steal a robot, but not spin around in if circles. If I can't spin, forget it. All right. Well, Is then. there a role where a guy's just wearing a barrel going over Niagara Falls? Because I think I could spin in that. I'd take that, even if it's no lines. You have no choice but to spin. Okay. You do whatever the waves tell you to do. All right. Man, oh, man. People used to love to do that, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. Go over to them, what, Niagara Falls in a barrel. 
Uh, did anybody ever survive it? I guess somebody must have. Somebody must have. I once did read up on that. Oh, and you I did? I don't remember anything about it. Though. All right. Well, that's all the fun facts. I think we can just about head on into the episode. Let's you guys ready to talk yep. about episode 23? Yeah. Yes. Ooh, hot yes. dog. Okay. How long have we been talking, by the way? Do you oh, got a time? Well, uh, be- about 37 minutes. Oh, okay. That's good. That's perfect. That's yeah. just how it's when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so here we go. This episode begins with Hoss and Joe loading hay onto a wagon, and uh, uh, they're giving each other, they're razzing each other about how much work they're doing, and and uh, little Joe is just, he's looking at, is this the hunkiest we've ever seen little Joe My look gosh. on this show? Look at him. He's wet. Yeah, he's uh, he's sweating and his shirt is all open. And I'd say this is hunkiest little Joe of all time. Then uh, Adam and a fellow named Dave come in. Dave is just the sweetest, nicest fella you'd ever want to meet. There's no way anything could go afoul with him. Nope, he's, so he's just sweet. a wonderful man. In fact, he and Adam are going to a dance together in Virginia City to tell us. Well, not before he offers to pitch in and help work and rips his shirt. And that's no bother. He just wants to do some good deeds. They've yeah. known him a month and he's blonde. Yeah, exactly. Well, he has been working for Cartwright for a year, even though we've been watching about a year's worth of time, and I've never seen this fella on <laughs> That's the, true. On Rosa Ranch. Man, that moment when he rips his shirt, like, it takes a little while before it happens, and then and then they show you the rip when he, later, and it seems like, well, boy, this is going to be very important to the plot that he ripped his shirt. No. Keep your eye on that fact. No. Keep your, no, right? No, it didn't turn out to be. Not at all. Not at all. He's, he got that shirt from St. Louis. Is that the Paris of fashions for the United States? Or did he say St. Louis? Something like that. St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be a fancy shirt. So, okay, that happened. But then here comes Lobo. Sheriff Lobo comes in and he's playing Marshall Dodd or Dowd, depending on which scene it is. <laughs> and he, he comes in, he's got a rifle and he intends to arrest Dave and he clobbers him, right? He clobbers him in the face with that Something rifle. Something fierce too. Yeah, because the pod says, you have killed him. Yeah, he must have had some uh, prosthetic makeup effects on the edge of that gun that somehow when he hit him got stuck on his face oh. in a real ham-handed way. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm afraid so. But he knocked out Dave and all, the Cartwrights are upset. What are you doing? This is our friend Dave, sweetest man we ever did know. And uh, Marshall Dodd says, well, I'm taking him in. He's arrested for murder. Yep. 
Can you believe it? And uh, so next, then we we get them opening credits, and we do see the burning map in this episode for oh. I believe the twenty third time they put it in. Oh, wow. Then then the, then we're in the living room of the Ponderosa, and the man, it's uh, everybody's hostile. Nobody likes this uh, Marshall Dodd down. Yeah. He's he's got to show his credentials to Pa. Pa doesn't like him at all, and uh, yeah, it's things are tense. But ultimately, the uh, the Marshall goes away with Dave. He brings him into Virginia City. He's going to take on the stagecoach to Los Angeles, California. Coming to Los Angeles, California. Yeah. My husband and I, we have a new card game that mm-hmm. we do. It's for couples therapy. It's called Power Couple. Oh. And we just trade back and forth credentials. And whoever's in charge, then there's blame for the whole day. Whoever gets the, you know, the, the credentials. So the credentials the, is like a hot potato. You don't like want to be holding the credentials. It. It's like, oh, you, oh. you made dinner and it's all your fault. And then I get the credentials and and then it's like oh but and then we go through all the stuff that I've done wrong <laughs> and then it, yeah I pass it back to him anyways it's a fun way to spend the night and learn more about your spouse and why they're so mad yeah that's a good one oh yeah yeah it's an invitation to dump out all the things they blame you for it's good to have that on the floor well uh, so uh, let's see here okay the, after he's gone this is when the shirt Hoss just says I'm going to bring him a new shirt since he ripped his shirt. Yeah. Okay, boy, we're really tracking this shirt. And he gets that shirt from St. Louis as well? I think. I believe so. No, I no? thought it was from just in town, Virginia City. I did not think it was a it was a special order. Oh, yeah. I had that wrong, but that's too bad that he's got to wear a shirt from Virginia City. I know. Yeah. Well, and Paul is going to hire a lawyer. Paul happens to know a lawyer in Los Angeles. He's going to wire money there. Larry H. Parker. Is that his name? Uh-huh. <laughs> they said his name, Larry H. Parker. Yeah. All right. The first. The first. Larry H. Parker, the first. Got to wire that guy some money so he can represent Dave in his trial. And out there in Los Angeles. Well, now we see, uh, I already talked about that scene. We, we go to uh, Virginia City. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is where, because the fellas, the Cartwright, oh, wait, first they get rid of Little Joe. It, this episode started out with all four Cartwrights, and then they just cast off Little Joe. They say, the three of us are going off on an adventure for the next 42 minutes, and you are staying here on the ranch doing that hay business. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That, yeah. That's the last we see, Little Joe. And then you lose Ben. For quite some time, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. They peel off Ben in a little yeah. while. Because now they go to Virginia City, and they see that old Dave has been beat up by Dodd Dowd in the jailhouse. And they they don't know why, and they can't believe he's— what, This this marshal is being terrible to poor Dave, who's innocent until proven guilty. And everybody seems to agree he is not going to make it to Los Angeles alive. Right. Dowd is going to kill him on the way, and and poor uh, poor Dave is such a sad sack. He's constantly saying, "Oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die, and he's going to kill me." It's a sad situation. So that's when uh, uh, they say, "Oh," and then we meet our foreigners. Hey, why were they in the show at all? <laughs> because there oh, had to be a kiss. That's right. Just, there needs to have a kiss so that so that there's any interest in watching with the female audience. Yeah. Yeah, he, he she didn't need to be traveling with her father. He was kind of an appendage, but we did need a lady. Well, he was, he a, was doctor. a doctor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but she didn't die, so we didn't need a lady. I know. I thought she was going to oh, die, didn't you? Yeah. 
with she so it's this couple from austria father daughter and they are going to los angeles and they've got to go and sheriff dowd is telling them no you can't go you because i'm transporting a prisoner on the goddamn stagecoach and no, nobody else is going but he can't really say that he's not empowered to say that so, right. so uh, ben and uh on hoss and adam intervene and say these two can go to los angeles and by the way so are we going too because we're going to protect our friend dave from being killed by you on the way till they get in the stagecoach with charlie and they head off to los angeles don't they am i missing anything no, else? that's right no nope. that's right that's about except there was a funny moment there i enjoyed it when uh, uh hoss seems like he's gonna start some trouble with dowd and dowd takes his shotgun and just pokes hoss in the belly with it <laughs> just, he just <laughs> sticks his shotgun right in hoss's belly and, uh, yeah it was pretty funny i, I thought hoss was gonna giggle give out a little uh, pillberry <laughs> that's what i thought was happening well okay that's it now they're on their way they're in transit and dodd has his gun on adam and uh, as they're when you're inside the stagecoach some of the passengers are rocking with the movement of the coach and others are not which is just an interesting thing about stagecoach. That happens sometimes in our uh, Toyota van. Uh-huh. Where, like, I'll be rocking and then my husband will just be completely still and you'll see in the background desert passing. Oh, wow. And oh, even though we're wow. in Van Nuys. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and it's the same patch of desert again and again and again. Yeah, I thought that was from, they was from different schools of acting, like Stella Adler teaches desert stagecoach acting, where oh, yeah. Lee Strasberg, fuck that, we do city stuff here. And right. So those ones were ill-equipped. See, that might have been it. Yeah. Yep. Where'd you learn, where'd you learn to sit in a stagecoach? Where'd I learn who Lee Strasberg is? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like art i'm a cowboy well hoss is complaining up on top hoss has to ride up on top with charlie they've locked all their guns in a safe up there uh, per dodd's instructions dodd dowd and uh at some point there was a close-up of the stagecoach wheels they really zeroed in on the wheels as it's going like you say oh boy Fast. something's gonna happen to them wheels the They're shirt going, and the wheels the shirt the wheels the, rib- <laughs> the wheels are gonna come off but they don't <laughs> at any time. Okay, now they pull up to a watering hole. Time to water the horses. And who do they see but this suspicious character who, by the way, we noticed a couple times in Virginia City. Even though he says he wasn't in Virginia He says he wasn't in Virginia City. His name is uh, Herd, something Herd. Herd, yeah, Herd Cutter. Herd Cutler. Cutler. And, uh, and, yeah, he says, my horse is hurt. I need to ride with you guys. And the stagecoach, he gets in the stagecoach, but Dodd takes his gun, and oh, it seems pretty clear that Herd's got something to do with Dave or something. But how could it be? Because Dave is the sweetest fellow you ever did yeah. in your whole life. He'd been falsely accused by Dodd of some murder. It's crazy. For Christmas gifts uh-huh. over the holidays, it's really important for guests to have a strong box. That's a place where you can put in and they can put in all their weaponry. That's guns, knives, sharp forks, uh-huh. hair hair clips that you're a little worried that you're going to lunge at somebody. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Just even... You can, it can be a sort of a metaphorical strong box mm. where you put in just ideas that you haven't want, like, oh, I don't mm. want to reach out and twist anyone's tits. Uh-huh. You put that into a strong box <laughs> prior to Christmas, and it's so cute. It yeah. sits on top of the mantle, and it can be a new holiday tradition with your family. That's a great idea. So you could say, Grandma's drinking, 
Put it in the strong box. That's right. She's holiday. not going to hurt anyone this year. I year. don't not want to twist anyone's tits. Put it in the strong box. Put it in the strong box. Tit twisting in general. <laughs> Tit twisting is in the strong box yeah. this year. Yeah. We put it away in the strong box for to have a nice goddamn Christmas. You Even if that? you think about it, then you just, you again, you hit the strong box, <laughs> which may mean you're standing by the strong box all week because you can't get the thought out of your head once you thought about it. <laughs> Papa, is that strong bucks strong enough to hold all that titty twisting? <laughs> Why, sure. It's called a strong box, isn't it? Okay. They don't call it a kind of strong box or a weak box. Strong as hell. You can hold anything in there. Hold anything. Even laying your hand on someone's genitals because you're Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't do it. Put it yeah. in the strong box, everybody. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Is that what, did, did Mr. Cuomo say that? Is that who you're referring to? He said, look, yes, I put my hand on people's genitals because I'm Italian. Oh, don't be my. prejudiced against me. Oh, Rivers Cuomo from the band Weezer said Yep, that? that's what he said. Oh, my I God. mean, people were surprised. And then they fired his brother. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> so now... What well, there's a pretty lady. Oh, yeah. She's passing her water, sharing her water with Dave. She seems oh, kind of sweet on oh, Dave. Yeah. So nice. yeah. I want to show you the only clip I could really think to show you from this episode is uh, this one here, which I just enjoy because of the awkwardness of the three shot here where we've got Charlie and oh, Hoss. Yeah. I noticed this, too. And Herd. And it's just if you focus on Herd. I can't understand how he's situated. It's very confusing. Godforsaken deserts, California? You ain't never been to California before? Yeah, I've been to California. I've been to San Francisco lots of times, Charlie, but it sure didn't look nothing like that. Well, that's is Southern California. Stationed right beyond those hills there. Southern Pick California, up. huh? Yep. I can tell you one thing, Charlie. Sure ain't gonna ever amount to much. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say about El Monte. <laughs> he says he ain't never gonna amount to much in Southern Boy, California. Little did he know about the food trucks. Oh, yeah. Stupid hoss. Bad take, prediction. Take one look at Zizix, California, and tell me how you feel. Oh, yeah. ZZYXX, is that how I think spelled? so, yeah. That's, uh, by the way, that fella, uh, uh, Bo, what's his name? Say, who, Herd whatever. Cutler? No, the fellow who's oh. driving the oh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what his trademark was, he always had his chin strap on his chin. Most most t- cowboys in films and television didn't do that, but he's, he always did. Of his cowboy hat? Yeah, his cowboy oh, hat. Oh, wow. He had his chin strap on. Now, is that other fellow, Herd, is he... Leaning on his, lying on his side, or how, is there a seat for him? I don't understand. It's a classic cheerleading stance where it's a pyramid. So he's on his knees with his head popping up because he's the, he's the tallest in the torso. And that's how it works. And that's how they had the tryouts. And there's no choice you can make about even if you had the better skill level. Oh, amen. Amen. Day one of cheerleading practice, just torso measurement. Well, no, you just, you you try out and you think you have the skills and they say, no, you're a bottom. We put you because you're the biggest. 
I don't like it. You make a sturdy pyramid. Oh, oh man. There, there now. Well, now that explains both the pom-pom and the pyramid tragedy bracelets. <laughs> uh, tragedy charms on your bracelet there. Oh, you don't even, I don't even want to bring it up. PTSD, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to crack open a grilled cheese vape. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'd like one of those. Hey, I forgot to bring Schlitz's today uh, for the game of uh, uh, Schlitz Playhouse of Stars, but there there was a couple people who were on there. So anyway, oh, really, point is you're you're entitled to a few sips of Schlitz. Pour one out for the Schlitz Yeah, go Playhouse. ahead. You're, you're entitled to get as drunk as you want, Amy, <laughs> after what yeah. they pulled. I mean, you've been through a lot. Hell yeah. Now, when they pull up to the station house, Charlie says to Michael, or the other way around, he calls him, you old high binder. He says, get get down here, you old high binder. What do you think that means? Well, I looked it up, and it was a, there was a Chinese gang in New York called the High Binders, and, uh, and it came to become synonymous with corruption. <laughs> yep. Whoa. That's kind of fun. Yeah. But there was something, there was a reference in this episode, we'll come up on it, and I'll tell you about it, that I Googled, and it had no results, and it's real weird. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. Now, Michael here, the stage man, the, uh, the station master, he says, only six for dinner, but how many more could there be? It's a full goddamn stagecoach. Yeah, everyone knows a stagecoach seats six. Yeah. Well, they go in, and uh, so now they're at the station. Now, I guess the way this works, the station master's going to serve them dinner, and then they're all going to sleep in the living, in the dining room, living room, main area. Area, and station master going to sleep in his quarters, but hell no. Dodd comes in. He says that's not how it's working this time. Me and my prisoners are going to have one room all to ourselves, and the rest of you is I'm telling you where to sleep, and I'm taking all your guns. All the he's this guy is really he's what what would you call him? He's like a, a he's uh, he's an escape room manager. Yeah, yeah that's what he <laughs> right just like that calling all the shots. Saying, go on over there, and then you go over there, and here's the story, and you can't get out till I see you again. Out. Yeah, and this smoke alarm is not part of the escape room. Don't pull that handle. It, sprinklers will go off. All that bullshit. That's just what they want, you that, know. That is the same because when you go to an escape room, they have lockers and then take like your phones from you, just like yeah. you take their guns. Yep. Holy shit. My husband and I are starting an Airbnb escape room in our basement where Ooh. you that's part of the fun is we tell you where to go and then we just lock you in there for the weekend and we don't let you out. There's no there's no <laughs> but way. But there's a way there's, there's a way no, to escape. There's solution. no way. There's no solution, but that's the fun of it. Is you're just frustrated. <laughs> so they spend the whole weekend probably they don't get any sleep because no they're all they're thinking is we don't tell them the password. Do you feed them? It's under blood of the resurrection but the wi-fi password is Pontius Pilate <laughs> yeah, that's how we know there's no food wow. that's the th that's the that's what makes it so profitable is that it's you know there's real low overhead and then the <laughs> oh, yeah. people are just delighted because they get the real experience of having been in prison i bet you get great reviews due to stockholm syndrome but by oh. two, two days and they love you that's exactly it i like that's a good you have a good plan there because any bed and breakfast will tell you that it's the food it's feeding them that eats into the profits don't do that <laughs> Yeah, that's smart. Oh, man. There's a curry, though. Oh, you got a curry down there? <laughs> <laughs> where, where are the pods from? <laughs> well, curry. Amazon. Yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> man, it is. I love Have it. Have you ever ordered anything from Amazon? I just buy all... <laughs> 
All my business is everything from Amazon. <laughs> Makes it so easy. That's an online uh, online bookstore, Amazon. Well, I I don't know, but I put anything oh. in there, and it comes to my house, and I ship it right back out again. Wow! You guys seen that movie, The Human Amazon? The Human Amazon? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just a, a river full of men. <laughs> well. <laughs> What do we got now? Okay, the horse is taken care of by Hoss. Hoss shot takes care of the horse, and that's when we get a, the one, most wonderful lines of dialogue here. Where the fellow says, "You better rustle your shanks for what did he say? Uh, <laughs> bean? Si- wild beans and some side meat. <laughs> wild beans and side meat. Side meat. Side meat. <laughs> what is side meat for crying out loud? Well, I mean, I once had a girlfriend I used to call side meat. <laughs> She was she wasn't my steady girl, but a piece of meat on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then they go in and they eat, and they're eating in silence. It's there's we get to watch. It feels like an hour, but it's probably just twenty seconds of total complete eating silence. <laughs> Real time. <bonanza. laughs> yeah. The bonanza cam. Tune in. <laughs> Exactly. But we do see that Dave and this lady, what's her name again? I'll forget. Uh, for, forget Whatever. They, they're hitting it off. Andrea. Dave and Andrea's hitting Andrea it off. Andrea Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like a tune in radio. <laughs> And old Dave is complaining more about how sure he's going to get killed. And then Herd heads outside to to have a cigar. And Dodd tells all the rest of them, hey, you're done eating. Go to your room. (laughs) He sends everybody to their room. He is the eternal father, isn't he? He really is. Claude. Time for bed. Time for bed. How about a story, daddy? Everybody, so everybody pairs off to their room now. And now we get to see Dodd or Dowd all alone with Dave. Oh, and brother, all of a sudden, we see a different side of Dave, don't oh, we? Yeah. Dave is just, I swear to God, been the sweetest fella you ever wanted to know in your whole damn life. But now that he's alone with Dowd, he starts whistling a little, little tune. And then he says, you know what that tune is? That was a tune whistled by a girl named Cora. And that's when Dodd punches him out. Don't you dare say that name. And that's a human deer whistle, which my husband and I, if you whistle any of these songs, Uptown Girl by jo- <laughs> Billy Joe. Joel, Aha, Take On Me, or California. California, oh, from the OC? OC. It causes violence in others. And you can, it can be sort of a defense thing. So you, and it just. Now, is that just between you and your husband, these songs? Well, well, it's. It is between. What are you whistling? Aha, uh-huh, take on me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing oh, that. Oh, you little... just do the melody. No, oh, it yeah. enrages my well, husband, so I assume it would enrage others. Oh. So, but it's something you can keep in your back co- pocket if you're taken at the knees <gasps> by somebody. I see. In there. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh Lord. Oh my God. Now, if you whistle those songs, it makes your husband crazy. It makes him crazy, but it's in that one moment where they they, they kind of lose consciousness because their eyes have turned yellow oh, like man. wolves. Yeah. And then you take them out. The power of natural whistling. Oh, it's the worst. 
Well, now, oh, by the way, Dodd at some point claimed that he hasn't slept for over a year, he says. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, yeah. Dave says, when's the last time you slept? And he says, been a little over a year. And, well, you must be getting real tired. To kind of like, I think Dave wants Dodd to fall asleep oh, so sure. he can get up to some shenanigans. Oh, sure. But, uh, so, and it happens, we get to see the moment. He gets, he sits down in the chair and he falls asleep and then he wakes up and then he sees that, uh, uh, he sees his prisoners asleep and he walks around and he checks on everybody and he can find everybody, but he can't find Herd. Yeah. Herd is not in his assigned sleeping place with Hoss and Adam. Mm-hmm. And that's when Dodd goes outside and and Herd is in the stable and Herd unleashes all the horses in a stampede of Dodd. Right. Of the marshal. And then for a moment there, we got uh, it's pitchfork my uh, pitchfork versus shotgun. Yeah. And it seems like Herd is going to put a pitchfork into the marshal, but the marshal fires off a shot and kills Herd Cutler. And boy, talking about spinning that that. Shot that he takes, he does a full pirouette like a ballet move. That was really something beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. He says, "Can I show off some of my ballet director <laughs> in my final moment? If you're not going to give me a line, why do you think we were cast?" <laughs> so he goes down, but people, everybody's still so suspicious of this marshal. They come out and Adam is like, "He murdered him," and Dodd is trying to say, "No, you don't understand. Dave is a bad man. He's a murderer. That fellow there is his confederate. Nobody believes him. Horses are everywhere." Yeah. The Horses have run wild. They're gone. They're gone. This is it's bad news. And and meanwhile, Dodd has been stampeded with horses. He broke all of his ribs. Luckily, Doctor Strasser is there to give him a, a very peculiar examination. Where he's, <laughs> he's like tickling his side with his fingers. It's very peculiar. Uh, it's caterpillar energy work. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yes, caterpillar energy work. If I'm Austrian honest, caterpillar energy work, I'm a bit more of a pianist than a doctor, but I'm a piano tuner, so I'm technically a piano doctor. So let me help you, Let me tune up your ribs. My daughter, she, yes, she's Austrian, but she's also like Nell. <laughs> right. Well, now Dodd deputizes Adam because Dodd says, hey, I know you and I don't see eye to eye. You think Dave is a wonderful person and innocent, and I say he's a murderer. And But here I am laid up with broken bones. I have no choice but to deputize you. And this is something I don't think I've heard this before. If a marshal says, I have deputized you, you cannot refuse. That's right. There's no way. That's the rules of the game That's for deputizing. It. Now, Adam is a deputy marshal. He can't do anything about it. That's his job. And he has to see to it that his buddy Dave makes it to Los Angeles for a trial. Yep. Now, there's a moment there where uh, Dodd and Adam are talking. And Adam Adam now, he's sort of like, uh, Adam has a different attitude toward it. Not Dodd, but Dave. He has a different attitude toward Dave. He's just sort, because he's been deputized. Just because he's been deputized, all of a sudden, he's yeah. very suspicious of yeah, Dave. That's, that's right. all. And Dave, at some point, says to him, oh, sure, I'm Billy the Kid or Jackass Sam, he says. Now, I went and Googled Jackass <laughs> Sam. And absolutely nothing came up. Nothing, huh? I, this is the only reference anywhere in the world to somebody named Jackass Sam. Now, 
second. You go in. Yes, please. See if you can find anything. Put it in the Ask Jeeves. Yeah, Ask Jeeves, who Jackass Sam is. Do you have an Ask Jesus web search engine? No. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Because he knows everything. Ask. I just put everything on Lot's Daughters. I drive all traffic to that one website because that's what my social media director said. You always just want it to, to be the one place for all product. <laughs> Are you finding anything of Jackass Sam? No, but let me check somewhere. All right, he's got an idea where to check. Because I thought to myself, how would that? Why would it be that the writer of this episode would invent a uh, uh, you know a bandit on the level of Billy the Kid and name him Jackass Sam and put him in the script like that? Well, it sounds like a bit of a throwaway name. Like uh-huh. he didn't, you know. If I for me, I would think of a couple, you know. Thoughts more after that, I'd say, what's even more funny? You know, <laughs> saying, uh, like, you have to have three or four ideas in in the two names. You know, uh-huh. Jack, Jack, Jackass, Fuck Chop Charlie. <laughs> now, that has the two C's. Uh-huh. And then, and then, or uh, Cock and Balls, Cock and Balls. Uh huh. So it's like, hey, uh, well, who do you think I am? Billy the Kid or Chop Charlie? Fuck Charlie. Fuck Chop Charlie. Cock and Balls Canine? <laughs> yeah, that's the K sound all over. Yep, it works. I thought it was lazy writing. Uh, yeah. Well, I, but he, the other thing he could have done was to say, like, Jesse James or something like that. Or maybe, maybe Jesse James came later. I just, I just. I wish we could ask Donald Sanford. What I don't think there? a lot of thought it went into it. I hate to say Bonanza. A lot of the time, it's distracted writing, which I really enjoy. Writing that you know somebody didn't take a second pass over. Right. And that, that's the whole series is a lot of distracted justice. Oh, we weren't paying attention. Turns out that guy was the bad guy. Oh, now we got him. Oh, the weather changes. Oh, it's him. And it's all, or she's dead. We got to close the curtains now because it's been over an hour since we started the show. <laughs> Anyways, it's not really, it's just, that's, that's part what of the I beauty, love about the, the show. The beauty of the show, it's intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it yeah. comes up right from the it gut. Itself. Never from the head. Yeah. 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 I almost yeah. thought they were going to start a news story right at the end of the show because they all got on that stagecoach. Yeah. And I thought, uh-oh, is it still happening? Uh, oh, yeah. And then, uh, They're halfway then, through the story of Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time the episode ends, that's about right. Now, what were the fruits of your searchings over Nothing, there? friend. I couldn't find anything. You know, that reminds me, I was reading one of them James Bond books one time, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the author, Ian Fleming, had this turn of phrase, and I'd Google it, and I never could find out. I know what it means from the context of the book, but I've never seen it before else. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, of talking about, I think a fellow who's fancying a lady, and and mm-hmm. he says, "I was just cow simple for her." Cow simple. For I was crazy, crazy legs cunt, cunt wagon for her. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> cunt wagon. That's when a guy can really draw pussy. I mean, oh wow! No, I say you, that, no, but that is. 
Christian, you know, just because I'm Christian doesn't mean I don't, you know, I'm not salt of the earth. Uh, you're yeah. a little salty no. today. You're a little salty. <laughs> I like when this. When does the cunt wagon get in? Oh, <laughs> not till Friday? <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. But it really list. gets in. But when it gets in, it gets in. Well, now, here's where we learn, I guess, I think it's around here, is where we learn that, uh, uh, that Dave killed Dowd's wife. Her name was Cora, and it went down like he was, Dave was a bad man, and the marshal cornered her, but Dave had poisoned Cora's mind and, like, turned turned Cora to his side. And then in the t- in the moment when it was time for Dowd to shoot Dave, Dave used Cora as a human shield, right. and Dowd shot his own damn wife. Oh, tuneless Cora. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor lady. So now, we, I th- is that, did we learn that then? I don't know. Maybe yeah, we learn it later. So. Oh no, it's later. We so, learn. okay. Who cares? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I miss that part. Can I went and and I popped myself a mini diet coke because that's how I watch the show is semi distracted. Oh, with a, a, one of them mini diet coke. <laughs> mini too. diet that's coke. That's just the right size. That's just the right. Size. <laughs> and then I crush it in one hand because you can. Yeah, yeah that's what's can. nice about those. You don't have to dress it like the Hulk to do it. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Well, Dave uh, is making an ally of Andrea, and I think we're meant to understand this is just. What happened to Cora? And Dave is really putting the moves on Andrea, and and she calls him David at some point, and he says, "Oh, I like the way you say that. That's how my mother used to say it. It's getting real creepy." And then he says, "Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter." a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Down, they kiss, and and he wants her to go get the keys from the marshal. Now, the marshal is in there with broken bones, but the keys to the strong box where all the guns is is in his pocket, and she's she's not sure about it. And then that's when he said, "This is the line that turns her." Listen, if anytime you need to convince somebody of anything, just say this, and it'll do it. He says, "I guess a back fence stray like me doesn't have the right to ask people for help." That's all he needed to say, and she said, "All right, I'll get the keys." Oh, a I'll, back fence stray. A back fence stray like me. Fence stray. And like he's a kitty cat? Well, yeah. like the fancy strays will come to the front fence. Yeah, oh, back good, fence good stray, looking. I think, is a tomcat who's out there making this noise. <laughs> when they want to mate. Does that work on lady cats? Because I hear it and I think... I don't want any part of it. You try it on stacks, it'll work, let me tell you. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, I learned that from the fellow who was my best man at my wedding, Slut Eubanks. And uh-huh. He taught me how to do that as a type of mating call, and it works cross-species. Now, 
Andrea comes in there to get the keys off Dud, but in there is her father, the doctor. And her father says, I gave him some medicine, and he's he ain't going to move but an eyelid till morning. And then he says, okay, well, let's get going to bed. And she says, well, I'll hang out here for a minute. And she doesn't give any reason, and there is no conceivable reason, that she would stay alone in the room with an unconscious man while her father goes off to bed. But he accepts it. He says, Unless all right. she's Italian. <laughs> Right? That she learns it this way, then I had to have a talk with her. <laughs> All right, you have your way with him. He is, as I say, out down for the count till morning. So enjoy yourself, I guess is the subtext. He leaves, and she then steals the keys to the strong box with the guns. Yes. And but it turns out the dial was awake. After all, and he noticed that she did that. So now she gives the keys to Dave. Dave unlocks the keys, and Adam hears something. uh, Or Dave uh, unlocks the shackles now. He's uh, unshackled. Adam hears something. He comes in, and now it's Adam versus Dave, and it's got to be fists. Although at some point, Dave throws his chains, and it makes a cartoon sound (laughs) over Adam's head. (laughs) But that's the only weapon. Other than that, it's just fists flying. Yeah, yeah. And who who do you think wins for him to say, of course, it's Adam. Of course, of course, it's Adam. Adam, and very quickly, pummels Dave to the ground, and he's pummeling him and pummeling him, and that's when Dowd comes around <gasps> with his shotgun yeah. now. He's injured, but he's got his shotgun, and his head is full of morphine, I guess. But he says, Adam, you punch him one more time, and I'll shoot you. This is a real reversal. He's been beating up on Dave throughout this whole episode. And then he says to him, the, uh, something like, my whole life, all I've wanted to do was kill this guy, but now I see you punching him, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be what you are. No. Yeah, well, that's a snap judgment. Yeah, I don't want to be what I made you be. I did. I I have been for years furious to the point of murder with this man, and I've been beating him up ever since I saw him, and. And then I deputized you, and now you're beating them up, and I don't want to become what you are. Maybe the problem but is it, the badge. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the badge. So the end of this episode, Dave is, after all, headed off to Los Angeles to face trial, and Adam and Haas are going with him, and I guess that lawyer, Larry S. Parker, H. Parker, <laughs> yeah, H. Parker yeah, is going to defend him, even though now we know he's a murderer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, I was just realizing we don't have all that many episodes left, much less in the show, but this yep. season, like it's the foreseeable future. We're going to get out of season one of Bonanza. Ain't that a crime? Oh, that's true. Season one of Bonanza. I don't know how many episodes are in the like season. 30 or There's something? 30 and this was episode 23. Oh, no. Do you know, this is going to make you guys sad. There's only 407 episodes oh, oh, left of Bonanza. Oh. And if we keep doing them at this pace, we only have 61 more years of doing this. Jeez. So that's that's pretty rough. We're working ourselves out of a job. I know, kidding. I know we got to slow down. We got to slow down. Uh, I just said by that. Now, um, I Mm. forgot. I want to take this moment to say with great setup and importance that I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. I uh, have a a Christmas box, lotsdaughters.com. It's boxes that I ordered off Amazon that are wooden boxes. And then I, I resend them to you and the Avalox on them and you put the, 
you only one person in your family has the key, don't give it to the male of the family. Because if they're anyway from the age of 50 to 75, they are the more likely to commit suicide with it or oh. use it on your family. So the key goes to one of the kids. And it's This is specifically a wooden box to keep your gun in. Keep your guns and keep anything that's of danger that you mm-hmm. consider to be problematic okay. or could be used in a court of law as something as the damage someone so that can be you know old letters from um, a lover but it can also be you know sharp sharp things or just yeah. ideas this is that strong box we can talk about strong box. Yes. and give the keys to the children all right that's good to know Smart. don't let dad have them he's not <laughs> feeling good lately because it's sad seasonal affective disorder oh yeah that's a serious and a lower one. testosterone as you age is it no no obviously that's uh, I, I, get, I eat enough mesquite beans that I get all the testosterone yeah, those are pure testosterone I'm, I'm oozing testosterone yeah 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 dangerously high oozing, testosterone yep. I'm trying to get vapes that instead of nicotine have testosterone and then they they just smell smell of salt <laughs> that's a great what idea. does estrogen smell like Oh, that it's it smells of bloody meat. <laughs> Is that okay? I shouldn't have shared that mixed company. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love all, all your ideas you told us about today. And I don't know if this is going to air after Christmas, but if it's, well, who cares? Happy, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry everybody. Christmas and Happy Lanza, New Year. If you're an atheist, we hope you get the laundry done. <laughs> Enjoy your Chinese food. <laughs> all right, folks, uh, that's our episode. And we're sure glad you joined us. And we'll see you next time. It'll be 2020 goddamn two. Some shit. All right, sign off. <laughs> Bananas for Bonanza is brought to you by Andy Daly with Maria Bamford and Matt Gorley. Theme song by Matt Gorley with The Journeyman, which in this case are Mark McConville, Daniel Michikoff, and Wade Ryan. Bananas for Bonanza is mixed and edited by Brett Morris and executive produced by Andy Daly, Matt Gorley, Brett Morris, and Little Scott Ackerman. We'll see you next time.